Hello everyone. Welcome to the student spin. Today is June the 24th, 2020. Um, I would like to remind everybody that any opinions expressed here are not necessarily those of our sister production, the Six Mile Post. Uh, I am Scout Hodgins and I'm joined here by a few new co-hosts. Um, their names are Sarah, Austin, and Kimberly, and I'd like to let them introduce themselves to you. Hey guys, I'm Sarah Corbett here, and I've been a student at GHC for six semesters now. And hopefully if all goes well, I'll be graduating uh, this fall with my degree in journalism. And not sure what my next steps are, but I'm excited to be on here and kind of get that journalism degree started with this podcast. So it's good to be here. Uh, hey guys, I'm Austin Williams. Uh, I've been at GHC since fall of 2019 and I'm working in journalism. I want to go into communications, but I've been doing what I love in broadcasting and that's definitely what I want to get into for a future career. So I'm doing what I love and happy to be here. I'm Kimberly um, Lyons and I am um, a non-traditional student at Georgia Highlands College. I have been there couple semesters um, in the past many years ago and then I've been here since um, fall semester and I will be here through this next year. I'll graduate with my associate's degree in communications and then go on to finish my bachelor's where I do not know yet. Um, but I am enjoying this podcast, enjoying my co-hosts. They are amazing. Um, so let's get this started. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's good to have everybody here. I think they're all going to do a great job taking things over. Um, and beyond that, let's get right into some school news here. So I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, what it's going to be like in the fall here. Um, obviously, there's going to be significantly smaller class sizes, if you didn't know, and that's to allow for social distancing. So like now, you know, it's, it's pretty normal to have well over 20 students in a class. I mean, I would say pretty close to 30 sometimes. Um, and, and the number that I had kind of heard thrown out in my business class was that they're probably going to limit it to somewhere around 18 or something like that. Uh, now, some classes will be fully online, and then some classes will be live streamed. And the way that you can tell which class is going to be what in the course offerings when you're signing up for your classes. So the classes that are fully online which means totally remote. You don't have to show up at a certain time for your class online. Those are going to be labeled web-based. But now the classes that are going to be live streamed and you are going to have to show up in Zoom, you know, at 8 a.m. You don't want to get up. Those are going to be labeled e-classroom. So uh, beyond that, this summer, there are advising drop-in Zoom sessions every Monday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m and every Thursday from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. And student services are offering drop-in Zoom sessions every Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And the tutoring center is working virtually to offer support throughout all the summer semesters. And beyond that, the fall 2020 scholarship application deadline is July the 6th, 2020. So y'all get in there on GHC scholarships and apply for your school scholarship for the fall semester. I'd like to turn it over to my new co-hosts here and let them get right into some world news. All right, so we're gonna start out with um, Governor Kemp lifting um, some more of the COVID-19 restrictions we had throughout the state. 
Um, a lot of this has already gone gone into play, and so we have um, our restaurants have opened up, and they don't really have any restrictions anymore on how many customers can be in there. Um, now, if you get a hospital, you're still gonna. I was at one this morning, um, or a medical facility. They're still doing a lot of the social distancing stuff and enforcing that and mask wearing. Um, social gatherings can now be up to 50 people. Um, pro, college, and high school sport teams can resume team activities with social distancing rules. Um, leaves COVID-19 restrictions decisions to the league's officials, managers, owners, things like that. So they're just kind of kind of leave it up to the people in charge instead of trying to um, micromanage that, which is which is a good thing. Um, we have movie theaters are allowed to open July 1st with no seating restrictions. I am super excited about this. Um, I know some people are concerned about the no seating restrictions, but I'm just going to be eating my popcorn. So, um, con convention centers cleared to resume events along with live music events on July 1st. Shelter in place order for elderly citizens 65 or older has been lifted unless they're placed in a long-term sheltering facility or have underlying health problems and no restrictions on walk-in barbershop or salon businesses. So what do y'all think about these? Any thoughts? I'm excited about movie theaters opening. I okay. can't see a movie in a theater seat, eat some popcorn. I'll just keep my distance from everyone and bring some wet right. and everything down. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's going to be good for our economy. I think it's going to be good just to be able to get out or boost everybody's morale. You just got to be smart again. But uh, I think it's okay. I've been out a good amount of time, so I feel comfortable going out with these rules in place. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty pumped about live music. I'm I'm going to get to go see Diamond Rio uh, like July the 18th. They're coming to Milltown Music Hall. So I'm pretty excited about all this. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about going to like comedy clubs and different things like that. Like that's kind of my thing. So I'm excited we can go to those kind of events and there not be any restrictions. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, next thing going on is uh, so protests seem to be continuing throughout the country for changes in the criminal justice system. Uh, three weeks after the death of George Floyd in Minnesota, Atlanta police killed uh, Rashad Brooks. Atlanta police recently released the footage of the attempted arrest and police found Mr. Brooks sleeping in his car outside of a drive-thru when two officers came to question Mr. Brooks. Uh, he was intoxicated throughout the video and Mr. Brooks pleaded to walk home and sleep in his car, but the officers were persistent to send Mr. Brooks to the jail. Uh, during the arrest, uh, Mr. Brooks did resist and was quite uh, aggressive and grabbed the taser from one of the officers. As he fled, he was fatally shot twice, and Mr. Brooks later died from his gunshot wounds. Uh, more controversy has sprung from the death of Rashad Brooks, and uh, I've heard some of you guys seen the video, and again, he was, I can understand he was being very aggressive, anything like that. The way I see it is they had his license plate, they had everything they needed to have. I understand in some cases the taser's label was a deadly weapon. I just, if he could have ran away, I think it would have been labeled as, you know, they could have done more and they could have got him later, but... Again, it is, um, people say it is a deadly weapon. It's okay. And I don't know, it's just, it's a controversial thing. It's, it's a sad thing to see, but yeah, it's, how do you guys feel about it? I think, um, I think there's a lot of training that needs to go on as far as de-escalation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in, some, in a case like this, it's a little tough to, to make that call after the fact. You're not involved in it. You weren't there um he did have a record um he had already you know the police were called from the facility there um it wasn't like 
they just found him there. Somebody had actually called them to the scene. Um, so it's kind of tough to make that, that call in hindsight, but at the same time, I don't think it, it should have ended the way it, that, that it ended. They're just, I think there could have been a lot of steps that were taken in between when they got there and the final outcome that could have changed the traje trajectory of what happened. So, Sarah, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I just, it's, you know, like you said, you're not really sure what to think when just after the fact, but yeah, it does seem like there could have been some different steps taken so that it didn't end with, you know, a man dying. So it's just, it, like you said, I think there's some training that needs to take place and enforcing of that training, which is probably yeah. even more what needs to happen. Yeah. Because I know there are training programs. It just doesn't seem like sometimes those are enforced as they should be. So, right. Yeah, these guys just have hundreds of hours, so you just assume better precautions would be taken, but it's just, it's sad to see stuff like this, but again, with the circumstances, with the deadly weapon and everything, you understand, but it is hard to see lives being taken like that in that situation. Right. So, racial tension has come into the college football world as well, so uh, the University of Iowa's head, uh, strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle, was let go on administrative leave. Uh, Doyle's been part of the program since 1999. Uh, he's been a big pro big part of that program and he was let go for racial allegations um the formal coach received 1.11 million dollars for his buyout of his contract and 15 months of healthcare benefits uh basically former players have come to the coaching staff and everything and accusing doyle of you know just racial allegations bringing up the players upbringings and their past and their hometowns and just bringing up the racial aspect of that and uh basically he was fired and a lot of you know former past events are coming up and being brought up to the current times in the sporting world and stuff like that. And a lot of people are being called out and it's just interesting to see because you see a lot of things coming up from like NASCAR to the NBA to NFL and to the MLB. A lot of stuff's coming up with it. And speaking of that, and NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag from the races as well. Uh, racers and fans alike will not be able to bring their flag to any NASCAR events and uh, they had a quote as well, the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events run contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment to all our fans, our competitors, and our industry. And how do you guys feel about, you know, just the banning of the flag and just the flag in general? How's what's going on with that? I think it's just something we need to we just need to let the Confederate flag go for the most part. I mean, if you want to hang it at your house, that's one thing. If you want to hang it in your truck, whatever. But if you're going to go places and it's banned, like just don't make, don't make a big deal out of it. If it's, if it's hurting somebody else, just, just be respectful. I think that's what it boils down to. Um, <clears throat> and I know they had, um, they thought they were going to have a lot of problems, but then we had the, um, that incident with the noose in the, um, the what is his name Bubba Wallace yeah and Bubba Wallace's um NASCAR garage um and I can understand completely understand his outrage and I am glad that so many people stood with him I think that kind of I think that's kind of softened the blow of the confederate flag situation um but they did now they did find that to be it the noose was hanging in that particular garage for over a year that was in a New York Times article as of yesterday 
Um, so it's not anything that was done intentionally. It wasn't like a, a racial act um, against him. Um, but at the same time, it was really good to see so many people. I think that helped everybody. Um, so while it was unfortunate, um, it, I think it helped everybody through this situation. Despite, yeah, despite seeing that, to see the entire like NASCAR community and the racers themselves come together in this time and just lead his car to the front and just come with him. It was a beautiful thing to see. So I'm glad to see, you know, community and unity between that kind of program, you know, especially with them getting rid of the Confederate flag, you know, some protests have been brought up throughout America for that, like anti-progress against, you know, getting rid of the Confederate flag. So being able to see stuff like that is, you know, one step towards what we want to ultimately see for our future. Right. All right, so our next order of business is um, COVID-19 and the effect it has had on SAT scores and ACT scores and how colleges are accepting those. Um, I know Harvard and um, several other schools, um, Ivy League schools, none of which we will be going to, um, <laughs> have waived the SAT and ACT scores requirements. Um, and there was a school that is now, I think the University of California system is completely doing away with ACT and SAT scores in the future. So in the next four years, and they will possibly be coming up with their own um, admissions test, which some people are, yay, that sounds great. Until you go to apply to six, 12 colleges, if everybody starts doing that, there's not a standard you're going to be taking six to 12 tests just to get into a college. So it'll, it'll probably limit how many colleges people apply to. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about, about all that at the moment. It's a little, it's a little weird. Anybody got anything on that one? I say, I say we let the schools in California do what they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to school out there anytime soon. So right. this is true. Also living alone, couldn't do it. Now a lot of them are still leaving those those scores in place, but I know um, a lot have waived that. So, um, and then we have um, yeah, some more COVID nineteen stuff here. So over the past three months, as I'm sure a lot of people have been hearing about, over 1.5 million workers in the U.S. have been laid off due to COVID nineteen. Um, I've seen a statistic that unemployment is sitting around 13 to 14% right now and states throughout the country are facing huge budget gaps and other economic troubles. And I'm sure a lot of that is where they're not getting that income from people paying into their taxes because people aren't able to make any money. And if people aren't making any money, then how are they going to pay taxes? Um, and I, I think I talked about this on the podcast, you know, months ago, back when all this stuff was first happening. Um, the unemployment rate during the Great Depression was, I don't think it was even as high as it is now. Um, so just some really bad stuff going on. Well, no, the Great Depression unemployment rate was like 24.9%. So we're at half of that right now. Um, now I'm sure a lot of people have been affected by this, 
maybe not as many in the state of Georgia and other states that are reopening as there are in other states. Um, but overall, states are facing an estimated shortfall of $615 billion over the next three years due to That's the insane. virus. And yeah, I can't even, I can't even fathom a billion dollars. Uh, yeah. And, and 615. I mean, that is such a, an enormous, massive. Yeah, if you go I to, mean, it's just. If you go a ridiculous to, number. You go to these council meetings and everything, you'll see that these, these councils have no idea about the budgets coming up because the states just have no idea what the budget's going to be because the, the states, you know, senates and everything like that they can't figure it out because they have no idea they've never been through anything like this so they're really struggling to find out total number of what their budget's going to be for next year so they're going through something very difficult i am disappointed though that when they look at those budgets one of the first places they want to cut is education and so that one that yeah. bothers me yeah. i think there are a lot of other places we could cut before we start cutting education so mm -hmm. All right, so on to some local news. On Friday the 12th, the City of Rome special called a Community Development Services Committee meeting, that is a mouthful, at the Rome City Auditorium. The meeting was held to, con to discuss the Confederate statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest located at the base of Myrtle Hill. And if you're not from the Rome community, uh, Myrtle Hill is a historical cemetery and it is located in what is traditionally known as a black community. So the issue that is arising from this statue is that Nathan Bedford Forrest was a, I think a Lieutenant General in the Confederate Army, but he was also the first, I think it's, I don't know what the title is, but the first leader of the Ku Klux Klan. And so, of course, there's some issue, especially with that um, statue being in a black community. A lot of people feel it just brings up a lot of unnecessary hurt. So the meeting was open to the public and there were people there who could give um, just their thoughts on it. And for the statue, against the statue, many people felt like if we remove the statue here in Rome, it's kind of um, erasing history. And then a lot of people suggested that the statue do be removed and then placed maybe in like our local Rome History Museum so that if others want to look at the statue they can but it's not in a place where it can be memorialized or where this man is looked up to anymore and that the full historical context of this man's life could be viewed with the rest of the Civil War. So I know it's a big movement around the nation to remove statues especially of Confederate leaders and um, I was just going to see what's your guys' thoughts about it. What are you thinking about that? Do you feel like that's a, a good step to move statues to museums? Personally, I do feel like because it's such a divisive issue, that's probably the best compromise of removing Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's best just to compromise and, and put it in the museum. Um, I don't think anybody's really... I mean, maybe there are people out there, but I think the majority of people don't even know who most of these statues are. Um, they don't, they're not going there to memorialize them or any of the rest of it. It's just kind of still there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of us don't have an, a real opinion because it's not something impacting our lives, you know, closely or on the daily, it's not mm -hmm. something that we really think about. And so um, I think for us, if it's not really 
that high on our priority list, it's, it's best if we just compromise and, and put it somewhere that, because I'm not one for erasing history or whitewashing history or making it um, so that the bad stuff is erased because um, bad stuff happens. It just, and we, we're supposed to learn from it mm-hmm. um, and move forward. So I think putting it in context in the museum is, is probably the best option. Yeah. I, when you first said leader of the Ku Klux Klan, I kind of just set the tone there. The yeah. things that you do, they, they glorify that person. So basically, you don't want somebody who hated an entire, you know, section of people. People don't want to see that. That brings up a lot of, you know, bad history. And I understand things that happen, but the best thing would to, to do with that, it would definitely be put it in like in a contextual museum, I mm-hmm. feel like. So yeah. that should definitely be able to make compromises for the people who definitely have to see it the most the other day. And I would like to add that the um, here in Rome and the state of Georgia has a law that, um, and the city commissioners pointed this out because there's like rumors of people who want to remove the, the statue themselves. If the statue is defaced or removed, it is a criminal charge. And also the, per the Georgia state law, the city um, has to replace that statue or fix the statue and put that statue back in a place of prominence um, as it was before. So just keep that in mind if anyone is very heated on this, that it would actually come back out of taxpayer dollars if that statue is defaced or removed. Um, The state of Georgia would have to actually replace that statue. So just those who are very angry and heated about that, keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, just to wrap things up, uh, let's just see what everybody's listening to, kind of their song of the week. Mine is a recent one that a friend sent to me. It's called Help Myself by Maggie Rose. Um, I've never heard of this artist before, but my friend started playing this song and it's pretty funny. It just seems to fit today and just, uh, kind of my personality about, uh, uh, just, kind of uh, like self-therapy, I guess. It's pretty, it's a silly song. You should give it a listen. It has a catchy tune and yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. So, Austin, what's your song of the week? Um, so it's by this artist called Rex Orange County. It's kind of like a more alternative type of guy. It's a, it's called um, Pluto Projector. It's a nice beat, it's more it's more like a vibe-ish song you listen to when you've had like a rough day or just, you know, if you're studying and just need something to catch up on, just get a better start to your day or just keep your good energy going. So definitely it's called Pluto Projector by Rex Orange County. Definitely a good listen. Pluto? Pluto Projector? Projector. Pluto Projector. All right. Well, my song is a, a song that I would like to recommend is actually a cover of a song and there's a video of it on YouTube of Molly Total playing white Freightliner blues. The video, it's insane. It's insane. I've never seen anybody play a guitar like that. Probably never will. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. How about you, Kim? So my song this week that has kind of been stuck in my head is a little bit different. Um, it's been around for a while. I think it's um, from the movie Ugly Dolls. It's called Broken and Beautiful by Ke- Kelly Clarkson. Um, so for anybody out there that's been going through, especially women that have been going through a hard time and just um, coming out on the other side, just it's a really great song. It's a really great song. 
All right, so there's some, I think, uh, I think that's about it for today. Uh, hopefully everybody's enjoying our new co-hosts here. I personally think they're doing a great job. And Thank you, Scout. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll be taking things over from here. Um, <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed our episode. Maybe you learned something new. Um, if there's something that maybe we didn't go into depth enough about, research it for yourself. I'm a huge proponent of stuff like that. And beyond Amen. that, I hope everybody has a great week, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.